Well, welcome to the first message in our summer series. We have finished that wonderful uh, Hope in the Morning series from 1 Peter, and now we come to our summer, and as you know, each summer we look at the book of Psalms. This summer, we're going to look at the book of Psalms in a little different way. We want to talk about how to approach God, and David has some ideas that may help us. I know some of you know how to pray, and you're very comfortable praying, but there are some of you that are a little uncomfortable praying. You don't like praying in public. You don't feel comfortable if you're called on to pray a spur of the moment, just coming off with a prayer. Somebody says to you, would you pray? And sometimes you're a little frightened or frustrated or embarrassed or whatever the emotion would be, and we want to help you with that. David shares some wonderful ways to approach God. And we want to share these ways with you. We have found six. And so for the next six weeks, we're going to talk about six facets of approaching God, of prayer, ways we can pray from the Psalms. I know sometimes we call them the songs, but we're going to look at these Psalms. And my word is approaching God through praise. We have identified 19 psalms that teach us how to approach God through praise. Psalm number 8 would be the very first one. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. What a great psalm. And you've heard the song that goes along with it. And then there's 19 of them, and the last one would be Psalm 150. In fact, Psalm 145, Psalm 146, Psalm 147, Psalm 148, Psalm 149, and Psalm 150 are all about praising God. In fact, Psalm 150, just six verses, 72 words, 13 times it says, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Wouldn't it be something if we found ourselves saying, praise the Lord 13 times every day? That's how David says we approach God. Now, praise the Lord is a little phrase that's used a lot. Some people say, praise the Lord, I found a good parking place. Some people say, praise the Lord, I found my keys. Some people say, praise the Lord, I got a good report at the doctor. Praise the Lord is one of those words. There was a song written in World War II called Praise the Lord and Pass the Ammunition. Johnny Cash wrote a song, Praise the Lord and Pass the Soup. In fact, next month in July in, uh, in uh, Arkansas, they're going to have the seventh annual Praise the Lord and Pass the Biscuit. It's a time when they feed the homeless. And some of you have been blessed by Eileen, Elaine Miller's book, Praise the Lord and pass the chemo. It's a story of her journey with cancer. Praise the Lord is almost like, thank you, Jesus. Do you remember when you said, learn to say thank you? Do you remember that? If you had an older sister, I'm sure she was your teacher. My older sister was my teacher. And every time somebody would try to hand me something, she would say, what do you say? What do you say? What do you say? until I said the magic words, thank you. And if she was the one handing me this thing, she would actually pull it back until I said, thank you. 
but I learned eventually. I even learned to say thank you negatively. You know, you're at somebody's house, they say, oh, Ronnie, would you like some more broccoli? And you say, no. And your older sister says, what do you say? What do you say? What do you say? It took me forever to learn to say, no, thank you for not giving me any more broccoli. <laughs> but I learned to do it. And you know what? My kids probably learned the very same way. We say thank you because we thank you for what you're giving us. And we thank you for the effort you took to get it. You might have had to drive someplace or go shopping, or you might have had to pay something for it. David comes along and says, that's all good. It's wonderful to say thank you, Jesus, for the parking place. It's wonderful to say praise the Lord for the found keys and for the good report from the doctor. But you're missing something, missing something really, really important. You've got to learn to thank God for who he is. Praise the Lord for who God is. So he wrote Psalm 100, and that's where we're going to land today. So get your Bibles and open to Psalm 100. It's not a long psalm. It's a short song. In fact, many of you know it, probably parts of it by heart. Some of you know it because you know songs written by Handel or Mendelssohn or Martin Luther or Isaac Watts or Charles Wesley, songs that have been written. In fact, there's an old hymn called Old Hundredth. And it goes like this. All people that on earth do dwell, sing to the Lord with cheerful voice. Him serve with mirth, his praise forth tell. Come ye before him and rejoice. You've heard the song, the old hundredth, right out of this song. We sing, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, you creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, right out of Psalm 100. In fact, we could probably spend some time teaching Psalm 100 by just looking at the songs that have been written and the theology in those songs, powerful theology. Or, or we could teach Psalm 100 by recognizing that there are seven commandments given in Psalm 100. And we could just go down the list of each one. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. Bless his name. Seven commandments. But because we want to talk about approaching God, and we think that's what David had in mind when he wrote this psalm, we're going to look at it a little bit differently. We already know that we can say praise God for what he has given us. And we know that we can say praise God for the, what he went through to give it to us. Praise God for, thanks, for uh, salvation. Praise God for hanging on the cross so that we could have salvation. We, we know that. And we spend most of our time in that area. David says an area you're ignoring. And if you're going to approach God, if you're really going to praise the Lord, then praise the Lord. So if you're going to do it, do it right. So he gives us this psalm, Psalm 100. Let me read it for you. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. 
We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Do you have it? Do you have the Psalm 100? Five verses. We're going to start with the, the center verse, verse number three. It holds everything else together. What do you know? I need to ask this question. What do you know about the Lord? Not what do you think or what do you hope or what do you guess? What do you know? What do you absolutely believe about the Lord? That you could never change your mind, never give up an argument on it. You would stand firm on it. What do you, are there three things that you would know about the Lord? Let's just take a break here. And if you're with people or if you're by yourself, why don't you say the first thing you know about the Lord? Just say it right out loud. Okay. Do you have a second thing that you absolutely know about the Lord? No doubts. You absolutely know this. Do you have a third thing that you absolutely know? about the Lord. You believe it, you stake your life on it, never would change, never would back down. Good. David says, let me tell you the three things I know about the Lord. Verse number three, know that the Lord, he is God. He is not one of the gods. He is not even the best of all the gods. He is the only God. All the other gods are man-made. Our, our God is the living God. I know this. You better know it. Because if you're going to say praise the Lord, you need to realize you're praising God. Um, there's about 168 hours in a week. And I know we praise God or we worship God on Sundays. Well, actually for half the Sunday. Well, well actually for about an hour on Sunday. That leaves 167 other hours. And we are praising something during that time. We are praising success. We are praising comfort. We are praising uh, fun. We are praising um, our friends. I mean, we are praising something during that time. And whatever it is that we praise the most is going to be our God. David would say, make sure you praise God every day that he is God that you know him. There are people on this earth that don't know God. They don't even know they can know God. They've never heard of him. They've never been told about him. How did you happen to be one that knows God? Praise God that he is your God. Two, David says, know that the Lord, he made us. We didn't make ourselves. He made us. He is the creator. Oh, I know that you've developed some talents and skills, but who gave you those to start with? And who gave you the, the body that you have? And when you get up, do you praise the Lord for things that work? Do you praise or do you mumble about things that don't work? Do you praise the Lord for what you can do? Or are you only focused on what you can't do? He is the creator. He's the one who made you. We need to praise him for that as well. And three, 
We are his. We are his people. He is the owner. <laughs> he owns us. That's why he sent Jesus to the cross to buy us back because in our foolishness we wandered off and sinned and began to worship another God and he went and saved us and we can repent and come back so that we can spend all of eternity with him. He wants to do that because he owns us. We are his people. Have you ever thanked him for that? That he wants us? Can you believe that God loves us, likes us, and that he wants us? Can you believe that? We are his people. So the foundation for praising the Lord is what we know about God, and that we recognize that and praise him for who he is. Praise him for who he is. Now, how do we praise him? Well, most people think that's all the psalm is about, but I wanted you to know this first part because it's the most important part. Now we go back to verse 1. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye earth. He wants everybody on earth to make a joyful noise. Now, if that was true, there would be a whole lot of noise on earth. And I do make noise. Some people say that's my singing style. I have about five notes in my range, and I kind of mumble and grumble and and uh, ramble through the notes, and I jump up and down trying to sing. I don't think this is about making noise. I think this verse is about being joyful. I know some people who come to church, and they're just unhappy. Something's not right. And they come in, and they're just kind of mad. In fact, they sit there in church, and they're a little bit peeved about something. Something just isn't the way they want it to be. They don't remember that worship, praising God, is not about them. They think it is. And it has to be comfortable, and it has to be right, and it has to be what they like. And so David says, no, 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 no. It's about being joyful. Wonder if all the earth was joyful. What if they were singing with joy? I learned this in a most dramatic way. I uh, pastored a church in West Africa for a short while. It was a black church. And on Sunday morning, the choir would line up in the center aisle in their, in their outfits. The drummer would be on the stage. The organist would be standing behind the organ. And when I stepped out behind the choir, that was the signal. And at that point, the drummer would beat, the organist would hit full volume, the choir would begin to sing, the people would stand up, and they would shout the opening song. And the choir would march down the aisle. Well, the first Sunday, I was not quite ready for the way they marched. They didn't take steps like a marching band. They actually sashayed down the aisle. They'd go right, they'd go left. Sometimes they'd back up. I was stumbling. I was mumbling behind them. I was trying to keep My head was down. I was looking at their feet, trying to match their steps. I wasn't singing. My hands were down to my side. It was miserable. Everybody saw that the white guy couldn't dance. That's That week, I just stewed about it. I actually thought about changing the way the choir came in. And I thought, no, it's such a great celebration. Let's, let, let, let me see if I can learn to do this. So the second week, I worked hard at it. But it, it, it just didn't work. I did not have the moves. 
I actually stepped into some one of the choir members when they backed up. It was awkward. And I noticed that people, when I got there, they were singing for the choir. But when I got there, they kind of stopped and looked at me, almost feeling sorry for me. And I looked pained and in agony, and it affected my message. It affected everything. That week, the Lord got a hold of me with this verse. He said, Lord, he said, Ron, it's not about being able to dance. It's not about walking down the aisle. It's about joy. You can be joyful. You can clap your hands. You can raise them. You can sing. You can smile. Come on, Ron. Get with it. Quit thinking about yourself. Think about me. God said this to me. So the third Sunday I came down, I was clapping. I was smiling. I was singing. And it was wonderful. Joy. What will happen if you go into the presence of the Lord, not with whining and complaining, not just to tell him what he ought to do and where he ought to go and what he ought to bless, and, but you came into his presence with joy. Secondly, serve the Lord with gladness. That's how we praise the Lord. Now, if I call God God, and if I call God Creator, and if I call God owner, then I should be serving him in some way. I don't care how old you are or how young you are. I don't care how experienced you are or inexperienced you are. I don't care how busy you are or how much free time you have. You need to be serving the Lord in some way. You need to be serving him. We have opportunities at the church. You can volunteer to do any number of things. You need to be serving the Lord. That's the way we say, praise the Lord. The third thing he says is come into his presence with singing. That means move out of your world. Leave your agenda, your to-do list behind, and just open your heart and your mind and come into his presence with singing. And that's where you sing. Now, if you don't know the song, you read the words on the, on the screen. But you sing what you can sing, or hum, or worship along in that way. Now, I know people that stand there like this. I've seen them. In fact, I've done this. It's almost like, I dare you to make me sing. I don't know whether I, they don't like the music, or they don't like the, the song, or they don't like standing up, or they don't like, I don't know what it is. But I am reminded of Isaac Watts' song 300 years ago, Marching to Zion. Remember that song? Way down in it, he writes these words. Let those refuse to sing who never knew our God. Whoa! Do you think God thinks that when I'm standing there like this and refusing to sing? You think God's saying, oh, he never knew me. That's the problem. You don't know me. If you knew me, you'd come into my presence with singing. And then verse 4, I mean, how many times can he say, Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And he says it over and over and over and over and over again. We need to come with thanksgiving. Before we ask for something, before we tell God what we want him to do, we need to come with thanksgiving into his presence. Praise the Lord and thank you, you did this. That's the good time to talk about the parking spot. That's a good time to talk about the keys, the good reports from the doctor. 
thanking him, but only after you have thanked him for who he is and praised him for his uh, attention to your life. I was speaking at a conference in Mexico in a very remote place, and the meeting did not go well. It, it, it just didn't go well. I felt bad. I felt I'd let them down. I'd let the Lord down. I, I, I just wasn't on track. And so that night I couldn't sleep and I went out for a walk and I walked so far that eventually I was someplace in Mexico, I have no idea, where there were no lights, no houses, no stores, nothing, just the stars and the moon. And I really needed that. I just wanted to, I wanted to get alone with the Lord. I wanted to be alone and kind of say, Lord, I'm really sorry. I don't know what happened, but I messed up. And I was trying to say these words to him. I almost felt like Peter there on the shore in the last chapter of John, trying to figure out how to say sorry for denying you to Jesus while he was cooking breakfast. And there I was. I didn't know what to do. And then came to my mind a song. I had heard Petra sing just a while before this song. I, I, I didn't know I knew it, but somehow it came to mind. I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to worship you, O my soul. Rejoice, take joy, my King, in what you hear. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. I don't know how all those words came out in the dark, but I found myself singing about my love for the Lord and how I wanted to make him happy. I wanted my life to bless him. Right out of Psalm 100. That song has become, that's the song I sing. I sing it in my car. I sing it in my shower. I sing it in, as quietly at night when I go to bed. I sing it in the morning when I get up. That's kind of our song. It's the doorbell into the praise that I have for God. Do, do you have a song? A way of praising God, of saying thank you to him. I'd encourage you to think about that. and Not about yourself. Sometimes we only talk to God about what we want. And we need to talk to God about what he has done and who he is. There's one more way that we praise God. And that is... We praise him in verse 5. You see, do you see verse 5? For the Lord is good. His steadfastness endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Wow. That's the God we serve. So when we come to God, we come and praise him because he loves us. Because he's, he's faithful to us. He will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. We thank him for who he is and what he's promised to us. We thank him for what he's done. I've been in a lot of places in this world where there's no drinking water. I've been in places where there's no bathrooms. I've been in places where they cooked up weeds, boiled them in water, and fed them to us for a meal. 
I've been in places where people have had to choose which child they're going to feed today and which child they're not going to feed today. I've been in places where they've given me the last bit of food they have. I've been in places where there's no educational opportunities for kids. I've been in places where they're, they sleep in open air under trees. I always do whatever I can. Some of those places I've stayed for a couple days and it's, it's very difficult. When I leave those places, I find myself asking God a question. Why? Why was I not born in that village? Why have I been born and given all the opportunities I've been given? Why do I have what I have? You can do the same thing. Right where you are, you're sitting here watching this, this program. You can look over and thank God for that refrigerator. Thank God that you have a bathroom. Thank God that you have a door on your apartment, that there's electricity. Have you thought about the way you thank God? Praise God the Lord. You can do it every day. Every time you open your refrigerator, you can say, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me a refrigerator, for giving me hot water in my shower. Quit taking things for granted, and certainly quit thinking you're the one that did the providing. It's our God. Let's spend time thanking him and praising him. Praising God, saying thank you, for who you are, for what you've done, for what you did to do that. Praising God is how we approach God to say thank you. Let's start with praise.